You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs. National title game last night. That wasn't the only impactful news from college football yesterday. USC's promising quarterback Jackson Dart announced he's going to go into the transfer portal Now, he's a big-time recruit, former Gatorade Player of the Year, and that announcement is more meaningful than you think because he's good, and you would have thought he would have really loved to have benefited and played for Lincoln Riley. So why leave? Well, because Lincoln Riley probably has another quarterback in mind. The one he had at Oklahoma feels like Jackson Dart knows something about Caleb Williams. And right now, we can't be 100% about our answers. However, we do know USC is committed to returning to college football's elite. You know, that was made apparent when they gave Riley $100 million contract. But they lack that one piece, and that's a quarterback. Dart's departure won't help, but it does open the door for Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley reunion tour. And even if Williams decides to go elsewhere, it's going to be interesting to see what USC is willing to do to get their quarterback there. Usually these quarterbacks, you know, it's, it's a, a fraternity. They're aware of what's going on. If a quarterback is going to transfer from Central Florida and all of a sudden he's going to UCLA. No, there's an opening at Oklahoma because Caleb Williams is leaving. Now Jackson Dart saying, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to move on. How about Georgia? or other, but now you have an opening, it looks like, at USC, and Caleb Williams is still out there in the transfer portal. But he did say he could always return to Oklahoma. Doesn't seem like that's the possibility here. Sorry. Yeah. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. I ask our guys, the backroom guys, to uh, print up a few more calendars. Some people said they didn't get the opportunity over the holidays, and we did sign a few more of them, but uh, that's all we're going to have if you want to go to danpatrick.com, plus the Aaron Shrugs T-shirt based off Ayn Rand Atlas Shrug, and uh, it's really well done. We got winter hoodies there as well. There's a lot of great stuff there at danpatrick.com. This program is brought to you by the great folks at Peacock. The office is streaming now exclusively on Peacock. Whether you know every quote or you're a newbie to Scranton, you can watch every episode again and again and again. Plus, discover superfan episodes featuring completely new scenes in extended cuts. Sign up at PeacockTV.com to stream now. What's the poll question we're going to go with in the second hour, Todd? The current poll is what would you rather do? Quarterback the national title winning team, Stetson Bennett? 70% quarterback the losing national title team, but win the Heisman, Bryce Young, at 30%. Yeah. All right, let's change it up. Don? We will do that. Okay. Do you have another suggestion there? Uh, we've got, would you not give Tom Brady your MVP vote because he just has too much? Yes or no? <laughs> I was wondering, I, I think Tom Brady was going to win the MVP. I think he lost it when he got shut out by New Orleans. It's almost as if the writers went, eh. He got shut out against New Orleans. Meanwhile, that team hasn't been healthy. Uh, you just had the Antonio Brown situation, but you know you you don't have your full arsenal there. Leonard Fournette has been out. Um, Chris Godwin is injured. 
and you're trying to do something again. He statistically had one of his best career, uh, best seasons ever of his career. It just felt like when he got shut out by New Orleans, the voters probably went, I guess we got to give it to Aaron Rodgers. And the numbers are impressive with Brady. You know, 43 touchdowns, uh, 5,300 yards. Those are tops in the NFL. If I take away the first loss of the season for Aaron Rodgers, I think he threw 37 touchdowns and two interceptions the entire season. Now, a lot of the stuff that he overcame, if you want to say that, he created. I can't, I can't you know, sit there and go, hey, we're going we're gonna to let you benefit from this when you created some of this. But Aaron Rodgers, MVP, here is Bruce Arians, the Buccaneers head coach. If he doesn't get it, it's a travesty. I mean, most completions ever, 5,000 yards, touchdowns, the whole, the whole nine yards. I mean, to me, it's not, even a, it's not even a close race. Yeah, and I understand it. Bruce Arians, if Bruce Arians came out and said, look, I love Tom, but Aaron Rodgers is your MVP, that would have been interesting. Yes, yeah, Eaton. Does it somehow hurt, though, that the other guy who threw 5,000 yards this year didn't make the playoffs? And Justin Herbert? Um, no, I can't, because I can't, I can't pin any blame on Justin Herbert. Like he threw for 5,000 yards, but I don't go, boy, he threw 5,000. He didn't make the playoffs. I put that on some other extenuating circumstances with the chargers. Yeah. Paul, I think Fritzy's poll had it right. It's like, this guy's got everything. Let's give it to somebody else. Even Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, who's not exactly beloved by some of the voters. Um, but you know, once in a while we look back at MVPs and we're like, how did that guy not win? When we look at the stats, a 44-year-old led the league in touchdown passes, and he's probably not going to win the MVP. Yeah. There was a year Sammy Sosa had 64 home runs. He finished ninth in the MVP voting. You know, like, you look at this, how did that happen? Likeability, mm. uh, the team? Yeah, see. Can it just come down to the touchdown-interception ratio? 12 picks compared to Aaron Rodgers at, what does he have, four? Maybe. Maybe it's too simple, but maybe it's... Well, I think voters like it simple. Like, I got—I don't know. I got to figure this out. What's pro football focus's quarterback ratings and blah, 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 blah. How many different receivers? Like, you start to, it's like a word problem. And you go, oh, my God, the essay part of the uh, SAT. I, I, I know we get caught up in, well, Tom threw four touchdowns in a game a couple of times. He had one game with five touchdowns. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, had a game where he threw for four touchdowns in the game. But, but that doesn't mean, like, you had a couple of great games. I just think from start to finish or almost start to finish with Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is, he's been great. I think having home field advantage, if Tampa had the best record in the NFC, Tom Brady wins the MVP. I believe that. But Green Bay has it, and I think because of that, Aaron Rodgers. I, I could make a strong case, I think, for Joe Burrow for MVP. Uh, what Cooper Cup did, what Jonathan Taylor did. Like, you had really valuable guys. But it just feels like Packers are always on display, big games. Rodgers has played well, did miss the Kansas City game. They got blown out by the Saints in week one. And you could say maybe with all the drama, they weren't prepared for that game but since then he's been unbelievable yeah paul some of the better quarterbacks in the league matthew stafford 17 picks this year josh allen 
15 picks, Justin Herbert, 15 picks. In the past four seasons combined, Aaron Rodgers has 15 picks. <laughs> Come on. Stat of the day. Oh, thanks. Haven't had one of them. Okay. Stat of the day. Here comes that right. what? Stat of the day. Man, kind of that surprised me there, Paul. I can't see out of my left eye. I was blindsided. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it coming. See, it hit the button. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess it's open for everybody to do stat of the day. I'm just, you know, when I hear it, I just, you just know it. Okay. And it's All just, right. I can't control it. It's like, oh, I got to play it. That was right. a stat. Yeah. Paulie's going to be doing limericks here coming up. I'm half Irish. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dave in Arkansas. Dave, what's on your mind today? They call me Pittsburgh Dave. <laughs> and as a great man once said, I'm getting too old for this sort of thing. That Sunday, I just I don't know that any team has ever gone through a roller coaster like that. But I'm glad I've got one more week left to live. And I want to bring up maybe we're we're trying to characterize. Are we trying to characterize Todd a little bit? Is he the A B of the Danettes, or if we want to call them the triplets now? Well, I mean, nothing's ever his fault. He's always deflecting. You love him, but you don't like him. Is he A.B.? I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thank you, Dave. It's not fair to put that label on you. Not fair to Todd and not fair to Antonio Brown. To Antonio Brown. (laughs) 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 I was a little strong. Yeah. By Pittsburgh Dave. Yeah. I mean, you, you mean well. You do deflect. I do have bad feet, but it's not because I went to some cryogenic chamber without my socks or shoes on. Yeah. And I haven't taken my shirt off yet for a variety of reasons. And you have, uh, did you see where I think they're going to sell that NFT of Antonio Brown running off the field? Now, I don't know who gets that, but I, I, I think they're looking at a million dollars for I, that. I think that's a photographer from like the New York Daily. I got checked that, but it might be like a New York Daily News photographer because he got it and posted it. I got to double check. And it feels like the Antonio Brown, when he's holding his arms up, is the new meme. It's it's replaced uh, Bernie Sanders with his (laughs) mittens. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, can you check and see? I think I read that, that uh, somebody was going to pay a lot of money for the NFT for uh, Antonio Brown running off the field. Now, we love Todd. It just, it it was a rough start. It was not a great, great first hour. That's all. That's all. But you rally. I'm You're, trying. Yeah. I do tend to mope a little bit because I get my feelings hurt and I got to, you know, after all this time, you would think I'd be tougher. I've gotten a little tougher, but not a lot tougher. No. I yeah. get sensitive. Yeah. But I didn't have poll questions ready. I didn't have mock headlines or limericks. Didn't have a first hour guest. There's a lot of reasons to suggest that, uh, you know, it's like Saturday or something for me that I'm like home and I'm like not even. Is anything. everything okay at home? I think so. Okay. As far as I know. Does anybody got any problems? I mean, I haven't asked you guys. Maybe I should. You know, Paulie said, you know, it'd be nice if you kind of went around the office and just asked people how they're doing. I go, I do that all the time. Seton, is everything okay at home? Yeah. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, high-pitched yeah. yeah. Okay. A high-pitched yeah means hard no. Yeah. No, of course, everything's fine. Everything's great. Okay. Things have never been better. Oh, okay. 100%. Uh, Paulie, is everything okay at home? Yeah, I think so. You ever get a little rambunctious, though? You want to just, like, drive and get out of the house because of yes 
Yeah. Do you guys feel like that? The past, obviously, and this is not new, but the past couple of years, yeah. obviously being yeah. homebound so much, like someone going, "Hey, why don't you come visit?" You're like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Three hours, I'll drive. Well, you made the analogy. It's like you're a house cat. Yeah. That you got to stay in the house. You can't go outside. Yeah. But, but you want to go outside. You do. You do. Yeah, Seaton. I feel like I'm the exact opposite of that. In that I spend so much time in my car on a week to week basis. Uh-huh. All I want to do is stay home. Mm. So it's well, like, yeah, you have a little bit more of a commute, you and Todd. That and then like just like my son's schedule um, keeps me like in the car a lot. We're yeah. driving around all over the place, and so it's kind of like if we don't have to be in the car, I'd rather just stay home. Uh, let's see. Let's work in Mike in Louisiana. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Hey, Mike. Six, how's one, everything? How's everything at home, Mike? Uh, everything's going pretty good, Dan. Pretty cold here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Right. A question for you. I heard on the news this morning that Bryce Young is the favorite to win the Heisman for next year. My question is, though, shouldn't he be the least favorite since how we never have a Heisman Trophy winner ever repeat except for one time? And second question for you, really, with Antonio Brown running off the field, didn't we see this once before with LeGarrette Blount with Pittsburgh a few years back? And he went on to win the Super Bowl with New England that same year? I don't. I think he just said he didn't want to play for Pittsburgh. Thank you, Mike. We'll check on that. I'll get some of my best people on it. Did Legarrett Blunt just stop playing or saying he didn't want to play for Pittsburgh anymore? And then he ended up with New England, as Mike was pointing. Yeah, out? Yeah, he forced his way out and was on. I think the Pittsburgh, the New England roster within a week and a half. Hmm. Yes, he, he crushed. It was. Yeah, awesome. he did. <laughs> he did. Um, yeah, we've only had uh, Archie Griffin, who has won back-to-back Heismans. But look, Bryce Young with Alabama, they're the number one team, preseason number one team for next year. Sure, he should be in there. I don't know who else you're going to put in there as a uh, a betting favorite over Bryce Young. Yeah, Paulie. So yeah, the story was a bunch of years ago, LeGarrette Blunt was released by the Pittsburgh Steelers less than 24 hours after leaving the field before the end of the Steelers' 27-24 victory over the Titans. Blunt was reportedly upset over his lack of playing time, got into it in the locker room, so forth. He was released. His punishment was he ends up on the Patriots. <laughs> his punishment was three rings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of playoff checks. <laughs> Tons of playoff money. <laughs> you know, for a stable organization, for a blue blood organization, Pittsburgh's got a lot of drama. I think, was he on that Eagles team? Yeah. Did he go to the Eagles team that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? I don't know. I was there. I should remember that. Garrett Blunt had a crazy career. Yeah, he started in Tampa, New England, uh, Pittsburgh, New England, uh, New England again, Philly, Detroit. Okay. <laughs> Good for him. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. Uh, the great Brett Musburger will join us uh, next hour. The Raiders play-by-play voice. I wonder if he had money bet on that game last night. Maybe if he listened to me, he would have made some money. We'll take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. We're giving away the uh, Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, and it is awesome. And you, and you could enter. You can go to danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com. You get the official rules, a chance to win the amazing Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. It's uh, the DP Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. Now, when you talk about Mercedes-Benz, you're talking about innovative safety features, crosswind assist, blind spot assist. You expect performance and reliability. You have the MBUX voice command system, five-star dealer network, and it's available with a gas engine if you'd like. But 
and Seton's going to be taken across country. You can uh, go to Mercedes-Benz, go to their website, and see what their Sprinter vans look like. Yeah, Seton. Going to need some music suggestions, I think, for the road. Oh, okay. Got to start getting that playlist together. Yeah, now. yeah. you and the French kid. Yep. When Are you leaving a week before the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. It'd be a week before the Super Bowl, so then we would get in Los Angeles just in time to start that week of shows before we... Okay. Before the Super Bowl. Do you have certain stops along the way? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to definitely stop in Phoenix okay. for sure. Right. Um, kind of figuring out the rest. Yeah, Paulie. Tom Petty. Have you heard of him? Oh. Great for road trips, Dan. <laughs> Google it. Uh, some equipment described as optional. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, to their five-star sales service financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans build, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. More phone calls coming up. Brent Musburger will join us in an hour from now. He's the voice of the Raiders. Pat Forty, the voice of college football. He covers it for Sports Illustrated. He was at the national title game, still in Indianapolis. Well, what did you make of last night's festivities, Pat? Uh, cathartic night for the Bulldogs and their fans, waiting 41 years to win a title and having to go through their nemesis to do it and looking like Stetson Bennett maybe gave the game away on that fluke play, and then they just they rally after that and dominate the rest of the game. Uh, and I thought they were the best team all season, and they proved it when they had to. So it was a good game. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it was, it was competitive. It, it, it's always interesting, I think, to see somebody challenge Alabama like that. And uh, I, I enjoyed the evening. How would the season have been different if we had a 12-team playoff? Or would it have been different? Um, we would have had a pr- much more interesting postseason, first of all, where you would have had people like Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker III play their bowl games or their, their playoff games because they would have been in. You would have had campus games uh, that were part of the playoff. So all that would have been good. And then the final results still would have been Georgia and Alabama beating the snot out of everybody and then beating the snot out of each other in the championship game. What's the holdup right now for the expansion with the playoffs? Uh, the holdup is posturing, ego, uh, maneuvering. It, it, the ACC is a holdup. Uh, the Big Ten, to a degree, is a holdup. The Pac-12 is still trying to prop up the Rose Bowl. Uh, the reasons why don't make sense to me. I, you know, these guys are getting paid a lot of money to figure this stuff out, and they're not doing it. And that is one of the things. A couple of things that came out of it, Dan, yesterday is one. Some of the Commissioners are definitely losing patience with this. I mean, Bob Bullsby of the Big 12 came out just blowing up everybody. But then the presidents uh, of these schools that are, you know, uh, running the the playoff management committee are, are fed up with the commissioners, too, and basically told them, we'll, we'll get this done if you guys can't. So I think that we're kind of reaching a point where things have to happen. Help me understand this. This is the first paragraph on ESPN.com. The leaders of the college football playoff Uh, Again, failed to come up with an agreement about expanding the current 14 field, but they didn't entirely rule out the possibility it could still happen before the end of the current 12-year contract, which runs through 2025. 
When I reported this uh, a little while ago, Pat, I got beat up by you college football insiders that they were trying to speed this up. They, they from somebody who was involved in this, said they were looking at 2023. Uh, is there a chance that we're going to have this done? And I was, you know, I had the insiders saying, hey, there's a contract. Don't you understand the contract? And I thought, money breaks contracts here, kids. Uh, is there a chance that this might not have to wait until 2025 money always breaks contracts you are correct and it could be i mean it could be that there's this brinksmanship going on of like we're not budging we're not budging we're not budging until the last possible minute then okay we'll budge um it's not out of the question because as you said they are leaving scads of money on the table it if you don't break the contract and, and, and renegotiate this and expand the thing. So mm -hmm. the tendency or the, the in instinct of these people is to always go for more money. So, yes, I think there's a chance that they can still do this. Jim Harbaugh to the NFL uh, or a pay raise? Well, I know this. We sure haven't heard a single word from anybody in Ann Arbor tamping down any uh, talk about him in the NFL. Uh, nobody has stepped up to say, no, there's nothing to it. Jim's – Happy to be here. He's going to stay a long time. A uh, couple of schools of thought there. Yes, one is this just is this negotiation and leverage, or uh, the other school? And some of the stuff that I heard in South Florida when I was there for the Orange Bowl was that he was legitimately like offended by the pay cut that he took after last year, and he does enjoy the NFL and would be happy to go back. That he kind of got his job done in terms of resurrecting Michigan. He hasn't been a long-term one-place guy. I think he tends to wear himself out and wear the people out around him. And this timing might be right right now. Yeah, that's what I was told. And, you know, I know that Stephen Ross said, the owner of the Dolphins, hey, I don't want to take him away from my alma mater. But if you know that Jim Harbaugh might want to go and maybe the Raiders, then Stephen Ross can say, well, he does want it. You're not taking him away from his alma mater. He's, he's leaving his alma mater and then maybe the Dolphins are in the mix here. But I know there were reporters who refuted that yesterday. Um, the impact on De uh, with Deion Sanders on college football is what? Uh, it's pretty electrifying. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a guy who, who did a lot of electrifying things as a player, and he is right now as a coach. I mean, for Jackson State to be getting some of the players they have gotten is, is a absolute – Game changer, uh, eye opener for everybody who said, you know, the power in college football will always be collected in the, in the hands of a few. Maybe not, you know, that if you can get a guy like him who can go in, and I think obviously they are prepared to offer major NIL uh, uh, packages to people, and that helps too. That, but I think NIL can be a playing field leveler, in my opinion, Dan, not, you know, it's something that just helps Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, but there's, there's a lot of places that like football. There's a lot of fans and boosters that like football. that are like, Hey, we can, we can pay a guy here too. And you're going to have players that are going to listen to that. But I wonder if I, like, I'm surprised that Florida state didn't offer him the job. Now they might've looked at him and said, you know, this is a lot bigger and it's, you know, you got to be a CEO and all of that. Uh, Dion is never embarrassed. Like he, he's a prideful guy and he doesn't get embarrassed very often. And it feels like, you know, these recruits bought into, I'm playing for Dion Sanders. If I'm a university, I got an opening. I reach out to Dion because those two players are going to follow Dion Sanders. 
Sure. No, I, you know what? Next, next hiring cycle, somebody's hiring him uh, unless he wants to stay at Jackson state, which is not of the question, but you know, he, he got involved to a degree at the TCU uh, job search, Colorado state and didn't get either of those, but now you start getting real talent and that talks, uh, you know, and yeah, so somebody is going to hire him. He does. He has that personality. He has that ability to, to just kind of, uh, you know, bring people to him and bring attention to him and his program. Seems to be a pretty good coach. Went 11 and two, I believe his first yeah. year there lost to their bowl game, but still, you know, I, he's done an, an awful lot more than I think pe- people underestimated him. I think as a coach and he's, he's made an instant impact. Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated senior writer, joining us from Indianapolis. This whole name, image, and likeness fallout is interesting. Charlie Batch, not even the coach at Eastern Michigan, says, "Hey, Caleb Williams, I'll give you. We'll give you a million dollars to play for Eastern Michigan." Now, Caleb Williams may be headed to USC, but it it feels like college football is the wild, wild west and there's nobody really governing, you know, what you can make. Can they put a cap on this? Like where are we headed with name, image, and likeness here? I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yes. The, 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 here's This is classic NCAA situation where, okay, we're going to make this rule change. We have no idea what the unintended consequences are. We have no idea what the side effects are. Oh, geez, there's a lot of them. How do we get the horse back in the barn? The horse is running all over the pasture now. I don't know how you get the horse back in the barn, but there's going to be an NCAA convention next week. And those are some of the questions you want to ask. What are the rules now and how are they enforced and and what can you do and not do? And I'm pretty sure according to the rules, like what Charlie Batch did is definitely a violation. <laughs> you can't just say, Hey, if you come here, we'll give you a million dollars. Now, that's really probably what's happening behind the scenes, but I, I don't think you advertise that as a recruiting incentive because that would then fall under pay for play, which the NCAA says they still don't want to do. But they, I mean, this whole thing is just spun so far, I think, beyond where everybody thought it may be going. Bryce Young makes more at Alabama than Jalen Hurts does in the NFL. <laughs> That's awesome. About $500,000 more. I think Hurts makes. 800,000 and uh Bryce I was told made 1.3 million in Alabama this past year. Yeah, you know, I mean like he's got deals there. I, I, he he has a podcast which it's pretty funny I actually listened to it a couple of times getting ready for this game where Bryce says like 20 words in the podcast. You know, he's got a host <laughs> who does the work and they bring on a guest who does the talking and Bryce kind of sits in the middle and says, "Oh, hey, thanks for coming on." <laughs> uh, pretty good pretty good gig. Is Caleb Williams going to USC? Certainly seems that way. With Jackson Dart leaving as well, all of USC's quarterbacks have have cleared out. Uh, the, the the starting job is there for him to take. Lincoln Riley is there with him. Uh, they may take uh, excellent freshman wide receiver from Oklahoma's in the transfer portal as well, Mario Williams. And all of a sudden, you know, I think USC reboots in a hurry and gets a lot better. Safe travels back, Pat. Great to talk to you again, buddy. All right, thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. And that's Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated senior writer. And look, I'm a big boy. I can take the heat. Got roughed up by quite a few college insiders that I had the audacity to say that maybe they're going to get this college playoff kicked off before 2025. I, I you know, and they, I, I had people saying, wait, you, they have a, they have contracts. You can't break contracts. And I go, if you only knew my source, then you wouldn't be saying this. 
because contracts are meant to be broken because of money. If they want to do it and they can do it one year earlier, two years, I was told 2023 that they would like to. Doesn't mean they're going to, but now it came out uh, yesterday or today that maybe, maybe it's not going to go until 2025. The possibility that it could still happen uh, prior to the end of the current 12 year contract. That was all I was saying, but oh my God. I've been in every single one of those meetings. Oh, I know. I I had that. (laughs) I had had people who were taking shots and your credibility is at stake. Really? I got this from a great source. Seems like my sources have been pretty good in college football. In particular, the Big Ten. Yeah, Paul. It's really kind of simple, too, because... If all the parties get together and say, hey, we could start this new program, this new 16-team or 12-team playoff, yeah. Fox, ESPN, the schools, NCA, everybody makes more money. Do you want to start it in 2025, or can we do it a year earlier? That's silly. It's like picking up a lottery ticket. You want to wait till next week or get it this week? Yeah. And, and it's, you didn't say it was likely. You didn't say it was happening. You said that's what the parties are pushing for. They wanted to vote on this. This is back in December. Which is almost common sense. It's not even like... Nah. Yeah, but it, it was... Like, my source somehow forgot that there's a contract in place here. I mean, come on. Right? And if it's 2024, they still broke the contract. It's Look, I'm not trying to be a college football insider. I just do homework. That's all. And I've been doing this a long time. I have sources, people that I've known for a long time. That's all it is. You know? Not here to be breaking news all. You know, it's a thankless job. Usually when you break news, then everybody's critical of you and saying you're wrong. Uh, they never say, hey, you were right. Congratulations. But uh, the slings and arrows. But uh, I, I stand by what I reported because I trust the source that I have. So you college insiders, go ahead. Take your shots. Yeah, Paul. Look, it's not just because I'm your producer. As a fan of entertainment, I want it to be changed to 2023. And oh, my God. Because I want to see you walk in, crack a beer around 9.01 <laughs> a.m. and just start bombing people. No, not, not beers. Champagne. Okay. No, I got roughed up by people that I had, well, I did respect, but without even reaching out to me, that they think that I would be this flippant where I'm just throwing stuff out there. I heard from people, you know, when I... I told the country that the Big Ten was not going to play football due to the pandemic. I got roughed up there, too. I said, I stand by my source here. And then they announced the next day they weren't playing football. And then I said, Pac-12 is not going to play. I got roughed up with that as well. And Pac-12 wasn't going to play. I told you they were going to come back and play and that Pac-12 would follow suit. You know, these are things that I hear from people that I trust. I, Paulie, did I tell you that Fritzy would not have a poll question in the first hour? Yeah, text me that last night. Yeah, my source. All that strong prediction. Yeah, great source told me that Fritzy would not have anything. No mock headlines. Wouldn't have his limerick. Would not have a you poll. You doubled button. down with all of them. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. And you had Georgia beating Alabama. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Checks all across the board. Thank you, That's Todd. That's a nice parlay by you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh. Ryan in Honolulu joins us. Hey, Ryan. Hello, Dan. 
You're, I'm you're playing hurt today. Where are you? I spent the last week in Vegas. I'm still here. <laughs> okay. How, how did that go? But every day's the Super Bowl. Well, what happens in Vegas uh, shows up on the credit card, Dan. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, I'm actually on the most valuable caller tour right now. I've been wearing my Dan Patrick show gear, and you wouldn't believe how many people come up to me. Uh, nobody, Dan. Actually, one girl. <laughs> one girl, but um, her name literally was Danette, and she couldn't believe the shirt I was wearing, so she wanted to um, get a picture with her, her name on the show. She had no idea about Dan Patrick's show. There you go. I've got some national championship mock headlines for oh, you. Oh, okay. All right. Here's Ryan in Vegas, also Honolulu. Alabama rolled over and died. Okay. Like rolled tide, rolled over and died. Okay. In his condition, that's not bad. Yeah, he sounds a little banged up. Okay. Stetson Bennett Jr. the third. Won it in the fourth. <laughs> All right. Well, he is the fourth, though. That's the problem. But I know you're playing off McLovin's Robert Griffith Jr. the third. Okay, continue. Think Alabama is unbeatable? Georgia says Athens. Excuse me. Athens. Last one. <laughs> wow. 41 years later, the Bulldogs duly it again. Okay, Vince Dooley. All right. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Go back to bed. All right. So there are times when Ryan is not good, Todd. But he still contributed even yeah, though he's not feeling but well. But he did try. Yeah, I'm, a I'm yeah. pretty, pretty healthy for to a certain extent. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> do anything with the monkey. That was yes. a Herschel walk-off. Okay. Oh, oh, oh okay. trying to All keep right. it. All right. Great. Staying on topic. Wasn't Buck Ballou, was he the quarterback for Georgia 41 years ago? Absolutely. Buck Ballou, Lindsey Scott, the wide receiver. Run, Lindsey, run! One of the great calls. Yep. Uh, Buck Ballou, number eight? Does that sound right? Absolutely right. Buck Ballou was the quarterback. They didn't ask him to do much. Hand it out to Herschel. Yeah. Good way to stay employed. All right, let me take a break. More phone calls coming up after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good hands by Earl Bakkenainen, springing Hall on a two-on-one. Pasternak scores! The Bruins have five unanswered goals in D.C. Courtesy of Nesson, that uh, Discover Play of the Day. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? Hey, what's going on, Dan, fellas? Uh, I just wanted to talk real quick. Uh, first of all, 
I was often asked who's my favorite down there, and it constantly rotates. Me and Seton, usually when I'm thinking something, Seton says it. Uh, everybody loves Fritzy. Fritzy is a fan favorite. But Paulie has a particular set of skills that, skills that nobody has. I've had supervisors that are like Paulie. Hard to work with, but are wonderful to be around because they get the best out of everybody. And it seems like that's Paulie's main thing. I mean, besides, who else has a sister that's their bouncer at their wedding? That's the greatest story that he ever told right there. Like, so why doesn't the enemy have a job yet, man? That's what I really want to know. 50 and 15. Dude is like 700 plus in the wing column as an offensive coordinator. People say he didn't call his play. Neither did Matt Nagy, Dick Vermeil, Andy Reid. And I mean, look where they ended up. So, you know, trying to figure out why this man doesn't have a job yet. Yeah, I think he's going to get interviewed. Um, You know, maybe there's something we don't know, because I'm curious about that as well. It it just doesn't add up. If you realize what he's done, if you get the endorsement of Mahomes and Andy Reid, I... You know, I thought the Texans, that was going to be a great opportunity for him. And, you know, you had Deshaun Watson who said, I want him to be interviewed here. Maybe if he was the head coach, maybe Deshaun Watson would want to stay in Houston. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. Todd Bowles is going to get interviews. I told you that Dan Quinn, my source said, would be the top candidate for the Broncos. And I think that came out yesterday. Yeah, Paul. A lot of New York Giants fans, we're on the East Coast here, a lot of them heard from yesterday, they were shocked that their head coach still has the job. You get rid of the GM, you're probably moving on from the quarterback and the star running back. Why would you hire a GM and keep the old coach? Well, you and you're going to say to that GM, hey, we're keeping the coach. Now, he's got to then go, boy, yeah, what I saw from Joe Judge, that's the guy I want leading my team. His job is dependent on Joe Judge. And, you know, it's reciprocated. It's going to be a bad year. It's going to be a rebuilding year. It just feels like that's where you just, let's just pull the Band-Aid off and you're, you're going to change your running back. Maybe they stand, stay with Daniel Jones. I mean, that's another thing. If I'm the GM and I go into that job, and you would think that would be a great job, but... I got to stay with that coach and stay with that quarterback. You got to be all on board with that. And that to me, that could be a deal breaker there. Terry in New York. Hi, Terry. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. How you doing? Good, sir. Good. I was going to go on the route with the uh, Brady and uh, Rogers thing. I'll, you know, I'll go Jordan. Jordan B. Charles Barkley, MVP. Jordan B. Carmelone, MVP. You know, to get that thing to uh, Rodgers, not give it to him, but it'll be nice to see Brady beat him again in Green Bay and win the Super Bowl and say, in your face. All right. Thank you, Terry. I understand this with Brady, that Brady probably doesn't want to win the MVP just because it's there's more motivation. Like, it's, it's, it's weird. Now it's like Brady is an underdog. You know, he doesn't have Chris Godwin. He doesn't have A.B., now you had one, you know, statistically one of your best seasons ever. And Aaron Rodgers got the MVP. All right. You didn't want to give it to me. Now, should you factor in how old somebody is when you want to decide on the MVP? I, should we just look at what you do or do we go? Yeah, but he's doing it at 44. If that's the case, then LeBron James at 37 should be the leading MVP candidate. 
because part of it is based off his age in what he's doing. Is that fair? So Justin Herbert can't be the MVP because he's only 23. Can he? I mean, I, I don't know how we use I don't know what, you know, the voters will factor in as far as, you know, if somebody's playing injured. You know, Brady needed surgery. So he played last year and he needed knee surgery. Now that would be comeback player. But I'm just curious if people would factor in or they're not factoring in that Tom Brady's 44. Because that's all you hear. Does that look like a 44-year-old? Yeah, Tom. I think the only way you factor that in, if you think it's so close and it's like a push between the two of them, then Brady gets it over the top because of the age factor. But I don't think it's it's that close. I think most people, if you get past the vaccination thing, I think Aaron Rodgers is still enough ahead of Brady to get it. Yes, Paulie. But the thing that gets you the MVP or a Heisman is being the new story usually. And Josh Allen, this was his year. He could have cruised to the MVP if he had a little more consistency and they didn't have that dip, the Bills. Yeah. You know, as much as, you know, guys like Brady and Rodgers, they've already got their awards. So we always lean towards who's the new guy. Like Joe Burrow is poised for next year. To me, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Burrow and, and maybe Justin Herbert are the top two MVP candidates next year because new story. But Burrow's got the Bengals as part of his story and the knee as part of his story. Yeah. And now he's got the numbers. Yeah. That guy is poised for not, not necessarily the best quarterback, but the vote. Would you fa- so you're going to factor in Tom Brady's 44 with the numbers that he puts up? Not just these are the numbers he put up. This is what his team did. Now it's degree of difficulty. Uh, yeah, doing something historical. You know, it, we Ben Roethlisberger is what 39, and we think he's decrepitly old when we talk about him. He's he's five years younger. Five. Yeah, but he's what a year older than Aaron Rodgers, yeah. isn't he? But Brady's Brady's is extreme. It's not like you know he's forty compared to thirty nine. I guess Rodgers could play, you know, with his. I mean, he's a far better athlete than Brady is. But you know, nobody says, "Boy, Rodgers is doing it at 38. It's like because of Tom. I mean, Tom's ruined that for everybody. You can't go, <laughs> man. Do you see what that guy did? He's thirty eight. And you go, yeah. But do you see what that guy did? He's forty four. And I. Couldn't help but notice that here's Andrew Luck, who's 32. And would be in his prime right now. And, you know, imagine having Andrew Luck with that Colts team this year. Then you got a Super Bowl favorite. Wonder what those people in Indianapolis say to, like, would you stay in Indianapolis if you're Andrew Luck? I mean, he did. Just being a dad. Imagine he goes to a parent-teacher conference. <laughs> they don't want to talk about your kid. They want to ask you questions. Lovely yes. restaurant choices uh, near my home. St. Elmo's. Uh. Yes, Todd. You're, I, I don't understand how he can possibly stay in Indy. It would be too uncomfortable to leave that early. But he did. Especially the way they just went out again. Yeah. Final hour coming up.